Welcome back, goddamn, to another edition of Tell Me a Joke, the Guideline of Chasing the Dream. I'm your host, the Maniacal Minutes, Kyle Smith. Say the whole thing like a pimp named Slickback. And today, goddamn it, today, man, it is the entrepreneur, the go-getter, the, the the comedian genius himself, Chad Alexander. How you doing, sir? I ain't selling shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you said entrepreneur. I was like, man, I don't, I don't even have business cards, man. Nah, like, on. what are you talking we all, about? We all out here comics, man. As long as we're comic, we that is that is one of one one attribute we can always give ourselves because we always trying to sell something. Basically, ourselves. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, you like, I, I uh, I'm very, very bad at it. Uh, I'm very bad at selling myself. I have no idea what to do on marketing. Uh, I need a team. Uh, yeah, like I'm literally. Yeah, <laughs> this is. This is I'll admit it because I don't care. Like, I'm 40. What the fuck is shame? Hey, 38 Uh, over here. uh, (laughs) But like... I'm, so I'm I'm recording I'm I'm do I'm I'm recording a special yes and uh, I have no clue about style so style how what type of style are you meaning any any, any style clothing any and, sty- bro like just like <laughs> it, yeah clothing uh so yeah I'm literally bribing friends uh I'm not like because they don't they're not I'm not paying them yeah but they're so nice with their time they're so generous with their time uh I just asked them I was like hey like I need like an outfit for the special right do you mind like going shopping with you this weekend I know that's that's what's up though yeah 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 Hell and like yeah. when you got like good friends that are like down for you and they're like no nah, like we'll get you hooked up and i was like okay cool cool, cool i would cool. never know anything about thrifting if i wasn't open to friends taking me places dude i don't know anything about clothes man <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's honest though i'm just yeah i'm just like please guide me yeah like i that's what if i can get if I can manage to write a joke that is good enough to get me to break through to something, yeah, understand that I'm going to have a whole team because if there's one thing that I guess I'm reasonably good at, or like there's two things I'm reasonably good at. One is just commanding and micromanaging the shit out of whatever I'm doing. Uh, I see that. You do have things in order. <laughs> I got things in order. I'm a nerd. I can I can handle the technical side, but when it comes to how I present myself besides the word that I say, yeah. I got to have a whole team to do that. Uh, like, you know, come find good angles of me and you take yeah. the pictures yeah. and you deal with the social media posts. It's like posts the kids next you, door. Everybody had their own little attribute and when they all came yeah. together, it's like, you know, we built a resort over yeah. here. Tell me how the Ninja Turtles win this battle <laughs> against the G.I. Joe. Because, like, look, they, they got a sword. This dude got an A-10 warthog with guns and everything on it. So you tell <laughs> Frankie, real. you tell me how the Ninja Turtles win this battle, dude. <laughs> Which is a literal conversation we had when we were eight. <laughs> something it's like he's got some size yeah. he's got two sides and there's a tank with big bullets tell me how nunchucks <laughs> beast the technodrome dude okay like i understand the foot clan is evil but uh, you adjust this for me yeah like how, like, I, oh, he, got, is, he got throwing stars they got a tank shaped like a globe is, what's that up that is not oh man i never all uh, right you know what because uh, when i think about old things like way back when like like willie like like Free Willy, remember Free Willy? Yeah. Like finding out that Free Willy couldn't really jump that high yeah. fucked me up, son. <laughs> I was like, "Are you wait for real? He can't like that can't really happen." How they did it then? You know, I'm young. I'm like 
fuck no nigga sharks is doing it now you know like what, what's happening like the whale cake yeah. for real oh crushed my fucking childhood when i saw three children defeat a mo- like defeat gangsters with karate oh three ninjas <laughs> Wait, three ninjas. Oh, come on i thought i was beating up everybody i'm always small yeah, i was like hell yeah i'm fucking up anybody ain't doing shit let alone no i watched you're too much ufc shit. and I, I know about weight sizes so yeah. i'm like oh i understand ain't nobody named tum tum doing damage okay <laughs> no he ain't even kicking hard enough like i don't know you arrive at this good rocky colt Tom Tom. Nah, like, they don't have the motor skills yet. And they, no. Uh, nah, they're not strong enough to be taking down the full this, grown Get this human. coordination going. No, he's not. <sighs> that is, oh. But yeah, but, we came out of we came out of those movies going like, man, like karate's gonna save everybody. Everybody. Like, yeah, everybody you got going. you had Ralph Macchio, you had uh Rocky Colton Tum Tum, you had Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas, you had yes. Surf Ninjas. Uh, uh Junior. Uh uh, shit, I forget his name, but uh, Ernie. There we go. Yeah, yeah, Ernie yeah. Junior. It's like a, it's like a whole like if if you had a, a political chant at the time, it was gonna be like, <laughs> what do we fear? Quicksand. How are we gonna win? Karate. <laughs> 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 quicksand and karate. You don't even talk about quicksand no more. And then you know Ernie was the first fucking. He was uh in one of the um. You know, Ernie was the uh, he was the Asian kid in, in uh, Ninja Turtles too, but he was one of the stunts. He was one of the turtles. I think he was like Ninja Turtle. I mean, he, I think he was like uh, Michelangelo okay. in the first Ninja Turtle. He was the he was the one in the suit, and I was like, oh, nice, that's dope. I I I looked at Ernie and I was like, I got aspirations and dreams because <laughs> I'm gonna be just like him. He knows not he knows how to work his feet. Like that's good because I'm small and you need to cover distance, you know. Yeah, and my, yeah. my arms ain't that long, so as long as I can work my feet, I could be like Harang from fucking uh, Tekken, <laughs> busting ass. I thought, uh, like you know, but I didn't grow anymore. So I was like, ah, this is the funny thing is, like, suck. I went and uh, I, I worked with a guy that was a a, a trainer. He was a, a man. I'm a, I'm gonna disrespect his rank. <laughs> uh, it, the the martial art is Kajakimbo. Oh. And it's like the first mixed martial art. It's a uh, karate, kempo, judo, jujitsu. Oh. Uh, um, uh, kaju, uh, kempo, karate, and uh, American boxing. So that's the, wow. that's the that's the overall blend of it. Started in Hawaii. Sounds like an anime cartoon. It's a lot. It's got a lot going on. Wow. But it's a self defensive art. And uh, I worked with him as a as uh, God. I. I Sigung is not his rank now because he's actually like a grandmaster. He's like yeah. the top rank. But at the time, uh, it was Sigung Bert, uh, Bert Vickers. And uh, seventh degree black belt, I think it was at the time, because he, yeah. like, he trained with one of the founders of the of the thing. Holy shit. And uh, we go and like I go to his garage and like learn this this martial art. And then I realize like, man, I get hit once. <laughs> I quit a lot of things. I quit a lot of things. Like the idea that I'm gonna like, I got it in my back pocket. I got I got enough to where I think I could at least mitigate damage. Yeah. Um. But in a lot of ways, I I lean on his like number one lesson, which was the uh, the the best fight 
is the one that you escape before it happens. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. I feel like I like to use my mutant powers and get a fuck out of a sticky situation <laughs> yeah. before it really starts to pop off. My my bet my uh my strongest uh superhero power is dropping my wallet where I stand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> distraction, boom. And distraction it. and yeah. like and, and flee the scene. You it's know? like a and transformation jutsu. Then you just turn into a wallet. Yeah. I don't see him no more. I'm saying like drop all your loot like it's a video game, dude. Yeah. Like take one hit of damage, blah, like Boom. he got a he had a cross bonus pack. Like life, what is though. this? I still yeah. got my life though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will I will escape it with ha- with a one and a half hearts. This is a hedgehog moment yeah. and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, and I'm running away, hope I find a whole turkey. I'll power back up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just a random apple somewhere. That's, yeah, yeah. I Remember video games? Bit. Yeah, yeah. you had two options bit. for health power ups. It was an apple <laughs> or, or a whole or damn entire turkey. turkey. Entire it's a turkey. whole damn turkey. And you know you ain't gonna be no good after eating that whole turkey in real life. <laughs> if you just find a turkey on the road and you ate that thing, the entire turkey, you ain't fighting no crime after that. <laughs> fighting anybody? Oh man, you gonna want to take a nap? <laughs> Yeah, and you good. got waves. How big is this gang? I don't fought three hundred people. It's a lot of them, and they keep coming. I'm thinking Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage. Yes. was like I remember when they came out with Streets of Rage three, and it was like you could be a kangaroo. What the shit? That was crazy. It's like where? <laughs> the, I mean, just because we know kangaroos like the box and shit, yeah. we, like how how are we putting this into the plot of the story? Like you could I don't be a understand. Boxing kangaroo. <laughs> you just put another fucking uh, animal. I mean, and Tekken just took it overboard. Yeah, Tekken. I, Tekken we, we're scared. That was. We're very I, scattered so far in the conversation. I love it. We're talking about karate, ninjas, yeah, ninja yeah. turtles. I was going to bounce back to karate because I took yeah. taekwondo when I was little. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my thing. Like, so I've always looked down on karate people just because I'm like, ah, oh, taekwondo's better. We use our feet more. Yeah. But Chuck Norris was my favorite. Uh, like, he was my favorite martial artist growing up. Yeah. The sidekicks was the shit. So, <laughs> yeah, dude. I met him while they were filming that <gasps> movie. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a Chinese food spot. Uh, Near Airline and 45. I grew up like Hardy and Little York. Yeah. Uh, uh, here in Houston for those that are international, if you're yeah. here in the conversation. But I grew up at like around uh, Hardy and Little York, so there was a Chinese food spot yeah. at Airline and 45. And we used to go there and get Chinese food. And my grandma, we go there every week. And so uh, my grandma sent me in there to go get the chi- like order the food and just like bring it out and everything. And she waited yeah. in the car. And I came out and I was like, they say they're not making food. And my grandma got mad. She's like, what the hell you mean they're not selling food? And she went in there and she's like, what's going on? And I mean, they got like lights set up everywhere and everything else. And, uh, like all of a sudden, like Chuck Norris just walks out, and my grandma just goes, "You're, oh. Ch- you're Chuck Norris." Oh. <laughs> and he goes, "Yes, I am, man." And so yeah, like he had a whole conversation what? with Chuck Norris, and it, he signed a menu for the place, but I I lost it somewhere because I was a kid, Whoa. like I just lost it somewhere. But yeah, it was crazy. It was it's crazy to watch that movie and the restaurant that the family yeah, had. That, yes, that's where we went. Oh, that's where we get went every the week. Fuck out of here! Went there every week for Chinese food. Oh, you see, that would have never happened if we just wouldn't have. If we'd have just stuck to some type of script, I never have a script. People just like, yeah. wow, I'm surprised. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I know. I'm very curious. <laughs> you yeah. know, that was amazing, man. Chuck, what does his chin look like close up? I don't remember because I was little, oh, man. Shit. When did uh, when did Sidekicks come out? Oh man, like ninety four. It could have been. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm enough. sorry. I should have been. Old I think enough it had to be to like the eighties, like eighty three, eighty four. Uh, where we at? I, we, no, it don't feel that no, old. Not that old. Early nineties. It's got to be like. 92. 92. Okay. 92. So, so I was, was close. nine. All right. I was nine. Well, when it came out, so when they were filming, I would have been like seven or eight. 
okay. when they were filming it. Yeah. Uh, probably eight. But yeah, it, they would have been filming it like ninety nine, or like nineteen ninety, ninety one, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, oh. so I'd have been. Yeah, I was like eight, oh, somewhere around there. That's a good time right there. Yeah, it's a great time. Wow. I was like, you're totally oblivious to any situation. Did you ever that you're used in. to watch any Walker Texas Ranger? Yeah, 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 all yeah. the time. Yeah, because oh. uh, what was it? Uh, no, CBS. Walker was on CBS. I think one right? of them. Yeah, that was like the only channel. That was like the only channel I could get with no assistance. Yeah, because like I could get I could get Channel Two, which is like NBC, or I could get like Channel Twenty Six, which was Fox before it was problematic. Yeah, Uh, because it it was just Simpsons and Married Children and everything else. It wasn't news yet, but to get NBC and to get Fox and to get UPN, because I used to watch Martin. I used to watch Martin and uh, Mama's Family. So different. That was my shit. Uh, but I had I remember like I had to sit like right up on top of the TV and I had to have like I ha- you had to, like tinfoil wasn't enough to get mm-hmm. the antenna to work. Mm. So I used to have to have a piece of my body in contact with the antenna really? to get the channel. So I would like sit like right next to the TV yeah. and I'd, I'd be laid back and I would just have my foot like <laughs> on the antenna. <laughs> and I, you'd have to have like an arm out yeah, at some point just to get a good signal. So just you, yeah, on. you'd be out there like catching the electrons of oh, UPN and be like, okay, I- like okay, I got to sit here for a half hour with my hand in the air to catch Mama's family. <laughs> oh, I remember those those old night we had a UHF channel. And those those are the channels that I I would I would get to watch things on. But most of the time, like my fingers, they didn't have the dexterity like to actually turn that dial. Oh yeah, the TV yeah. was so old, like I couldn't really. And then they had the dial inside the dial, like you turn the outside yeah, dial. Yeah, you had to like tune it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, our I, TV, I don't know what. My the, grandparents' TV was like cracking a safe. Yeah, like, you had to get it to get channel like twenty, which is like UPN Paramount, whatever yeah, it was. Ours was uh, two. For Martin and Mama's family, like I used to have to set it like in between nineteen and twenty. Yeah, you couldn't set yeah. it on twenty. Yeah, that little, yeah. The I little had hatch, to set it. The little hash yeah. mark right there. You had I, to balance man, it right between nineteen and twenty to get the channel. I never. I just understood that if I turned it all the way up, I would get Barney, and then if I turned it off, <laughs> <laughs> and if I left it, that things would get good. You know, yeah. so I'm like, all right, yeah. we just go. The bizarre leave it thing, here. dude. Like the bizarre thing about. Uh, about like old uh, TV signals and stuff like that, like in the summers and only in the summers, it was like an atmospheric thing. Yeah, there was like a channel in I don't know where it was Beaumont or something like that. <laughs> but like when the atmospherics were just right in the summer, between like four a.m. and six a.m., I used yeah. to be able to pick up a channel from somewhere, and it was like on channel five. Really? And they used to have like the best late night movies. Like I, I that's where I fell in love with movies. Like I'd wake up to it and uh, like just turn the channel to yeah. five to see if I could pick it up. Oh. But that's where I found uh, Maximum Overdrive. That's where I found Hell Comes to Frogtown. That's where wow. I found uh, nice names. Uh, uh, Teen Wolf. I remember Teen watching. Wolf, my shit. Teen Wolf was on like at least once a month in the summer, oh. or at least like once like every Hell couple yeah. weeks. It was always on. But yeah, uh, and I just realized that Jason Bateman was Teen Wolf too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sucker! Just a young face, <laughs> Jason Bateman. I'm like, I didn't even know. I love me some Jason Bateman. Yeah, dude. and I'm like, yo, man, this guy makes me want to go back and watch it again. But that that reminds me of just just like. Being older and like seeing like technology and shit, you're a tech guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, do you you remember when like HBO was it? Remember when satellites came out 
and satellites to it. We had a big dish in the backyard. Yeah. Like me and my dad, like, so we had all the channels. That's when I found out that they had a Cartoon Network and a Cartoon Network West. Yeah. I was like, there's a there's a different, like, with more cartoons. Like, yeah. you got you got a different area of cartoon. I was like, fuck, no. It, it, it blew my mind. I was like, how is this working? I don't understand. Also, why does this got to be so big in the backyard? It was gigantic, so dude. Big. I remember seeing it when I was a kid because, like, my uh, uh, somebody in my family, like, at one point, my entire family lived on one street. My entire family li- used to live on Hopper Road, like, mm. in between Alden Westfield and Hardy. Uh, my entire family. I, I, I'll tell you, my <laughs> entire, entire family, family. Entire. I was like, family. we go, we would go to like we would go to uh, Livingston for a family reunion to be the same damn people on our street. And I was like, why do we go all the way here? <laughs> we we were already it? there. <laughs> we were already all here. <laughs> we drove like just meet at the corner. Yeah, <laughs> like just just walk outside. We're all here. <laughs> why don't we got to drive this long ass drive to go somewhere else and be together uh, for a weekend? Uh, but yeah, like uh, one of the mem- one of my, my great aunt like got a satellite dish. Like their family got yeah. a satellite dish, and it was like, oh, I guess, I guess, I guess we're fancy now. We got yeah. a satellite yeah. dish, and uh, like the amount of pain that they had to deal with the satellite. For, first of all, I remember watching when I first saw it. I was like, why you got like a space jacuzzi? Oh, because it was it was as big it's as so a damn big. hot tub. It was so huge. Big. It was huge. I was and we like, were like, God damn, we're capturing fucking signals from aliens. Yeah. And like Jupiter or something. When you're a kid and you don't understand. At all. You, all you understood was like the severity of the warning that the adults gave you. Yeah. They're like, don't you touch that don't, goddamn yeah. satellite dish. Don't, don't like, change don't, the don't channel. Don't play around don't it. Don't put it on nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> from the moment so that that thing got, to we were pissed. We were pissed. From the moment that got installed, couldn't play in the backyard. Uh, no. Right. No, couldn't. it takes up so much space. You couldn't. Oh, all, all the space is gone in the backyard. Yeah. Like, my brother said he would be able to make me disappear. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. I believed him. And he stuck me right in front of the fucking, of the dish. <laughs> And he was trying to find the channel to make the dish. He was like, here, stand here. Close your eyes. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, all the Smiths can do it. I'm like, all right, yeah, I couldn't wait. I knew y'all could disappear. Y'all just wasn't telling me. Fuck yeah. You know, I was excited, too. And then I realized that it was taking too long. And then I looked up and I seen that the dish was coming down on my head. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. You, are you serious? That whole time, he trying to find the right station so it can come down and smack me on the head with my eyes closed. I was like, you're a rotten ass old brother. Man, but that's older brother shit, and, and I don't think little kids get that nowadays. They don't no. have that older brother to beat their ass. No, not at oh. all, man. Like I see, uh, uh, like the generation, like a generation after generation. So it's like, it's a weird thing, dude. Like I'm old it enough is. now where people my age are having grandkids. Yeah, it's it's weird. That's, it's just weird. Oh, man. that's so wild. Yeah, it sneaks up on you. Um, <laughs> sure does. Shit, you, what you're 38? Yes, you, you sir. got you got some out there too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was like when I I went on I was I, I went on a date with somebody and she told me she was a grandma Ooh. and I was like there was a moment where I, I feel bad I feel bad I felt bad because there was like a moment of judgment where I was like damn like that early early and then I had to do math and I was like wait eighteen plus eighteen yeah, 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 yeah. if you just like oh you can go lower than you that get, you can go lower than yeah. that but I was like you know let's get in the middle because like yeah. I, I went to I, don't I, take much I went to school with you know girls that got pregnant um at, at prom but uh I was like damn like you a grandma yeah eighteen plus eighteen 
It's like, yeah, that's 36. Like, you could be your grandma. You could be a grandma easily uh-huh. in your mid 30s. 18 to that. You're yeah. a great grandma. You still alive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, uh, yeah. But then, like, something hit me where I was like, yeah. That's kind of the way to do it. That's kind of the way to do it because I'm like, you're you know, on the right there. Yeah, I'm 40 and I'm like, I haven't had kids. <sighs> I and think now about it all the time. I'm at that separation point of going, like, I don't want to be an old dad. I don't want to be an old dad. Like, the idea that Robert De Niro just had a kid at Ooh. 78 years old, I was like, absolutely not. No. Nah. Absolutely nah. not. Because, like, I feel like I like I, I, I got in shape and I feel healthy and everything else. And I feel yeah. as healthy as in, I feel healthier and, and more energetic now than I did when I was in my 20s. Because yeah. in my 20s, I was like 260 pounds and like so out of shape. Ugh. And, uh, and, uh, I think about it now and I try to do the math where I'm like, if I had a kid right now, like they would be graduating high school and I would be like 50 doing that dad math. Then my brother does it all the time. He yeah. just, he just hit his reset button three years ago yeah. and he fought it too. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 So like now I'm just like pursuing comedy and everything else. I'm like, man, I don't, I, I think the, I think the ship has sailed. I think it's gone now. Yeah. But, I mean, well, okay. Yeah, I guess. But the idea that oh. like, if you're 36 and you're like a grandparent, like you're, you're a yeah. grandma at 36. It's so much. There's a flip side to it where it's like, that's the way to do it. You're free now. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Cause like you had, you had your kids. And you like you had you got them through adulthood and got them to the point of being adults when you're still young enough to go have a shit ton of fun. Yeah. Like 36, 38, 40, 42, even like mid 40s. Like you're still young enough to where you can go out and have fun with grandkids. Like yeah. you got grandkids that are like, five. oh, yeah, that's true. Like you're in your mid 40s. You got grandkids that are uh, like the good years, like seven, eight, nine. Like you can go float the river with your grandkids. <sighs> you know, you can go to you can go to a water park with your Thinking grandkids. About the grandkids now. Like I would yeah. like to see grandkids. Oh, yeah. Like you can go you can go hit a water slide with your grandkids. Yeah. You know, like if you're 60 and you're falling apart, yeah. like you can't really chase grandkids like that and go like have ridiculous fun times. You Being know, falling daddy was 70 when he had him. Yeah, yeah, which like, is just yo, like man. I've met somebody like that. Somebody I used to chill with in school. Her daddy was old as fuck, and I was like, yo, yo, your grandpa here to come get you. She's like, that's my daddy. I was like, oh shit. Can you imagine being? Can you imagine? Uh, you you get like. Your dad is seventy, and you bring home a highlights magazine, and he he gives you like a whole lecture about how that's that's how the devil gets you. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck in an era, daddy. Hold on, yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to see what's on this computer. Yeah, like with the, the, the devil got you comparing two pictures side by side to see what's different. That's how Satan gets you. Oh like, no! They got the they got the the them. Uh, uh, them World War Two beliefs. Yes, you know uh, <laughs> that's ingrained in them. They ain't never gonna get that out. That's yeah. always gonna be there. Oof. Yeah, like you, man. You getting lessons on a whole different planet. That's that's them deep lessons though. That's like I could take this and, and you know maybe twist it and learn from it, or I could be like, no, we don't do it like that no more, and yeah. just and just let you talk. Man, there's this old man that I work with, and uh, I've been secretly recording him. I think this, this is probably the best time to put this out now. I secretly, because he he unwarrants a conversation 
But you know, ain't nobody really. He just boom. Hey, so let me tell you about my carburetor. And it's like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. And he'll tell you down to the T about everything that's going on with his car. And then he'll hop on to his family. And then he'll tell you some shit about what's going on in his house. And it's like, nigga, you still here? I thought <laughs> I thought you been left. Like, I ain't even know. I, I feel rude that I've been, like, disrespecting your conversation this whole time. When you got up and walked talking. away, you thought he was done. Not like, no, like, he's still... No. He's still, then, he's still documenting the this minutes. This motherfucker hit you with the Batman as he whispers away. Like, you'll turn around, <laughs> and he's still talking, but then you turn back around, he gone, but his voice is still kind of like, hey, you know, he's, and the, the separate <laughs> porcelain's coming back because the good porcelain's not the porcelain no more, and they don't cook it like they used to cook it. They used to put it in the pots, and now they put it in the cauldrons. Yeah, porcelain wasn't good when you put it in the cauldron, <laughs> but as you make that horseshoe shape, my ass don't like to sit on the horseshoe shapes of the porcelain, you know, unless it's cooked <laughs> in the cauldrons. Yeah, it's not the right heat temperature. You got to get it up to 375. I'm like, nigga, you still here? I'm like, what? What is? What are we? Do we supposed to be working? Like, you gonna get me in trouble? Like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, that's a that's Encyclopedia George. Yeah, Encyclopedia George. Like, if 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 you catch him on an off time, like when you ain't doing shit and you just listen to what he's saying, like it's some real old school knowledgeable shit. Yeah, like some real handyman shit. But like he he whispers at a tone. Uh, he talks at a tone to where it's not really it's not loud enough to like like we're on a construction site like yeah. if, if I'm up on this ladder and you ain't speaking directly to me you, it just sounds like murmurs yeah. you know basically and then and he constantly 24-7 is always chewing on something I don't know what it is <laughs> he's like, He's like 75 and he's out doing construction, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. And like, I'm like, nigga, what you chewing on, huh? Nothing. I'm like, no way you're not. You're chewing hard. What are we chewing on? <laughs> Son, your mouth had not stopped moving. Do you have gum? Do you have gum? If you do, you should share. If not, then what, what, what's in your mouth? <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so funny. And my friend said, man, he a billy goat. I'm like, <laughs> That makes it. He got a big long beard and everything. Man, I think there comes a point where you get old enough, yeah. where uh, you just constantly have to be running a systems check. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I like that. That's exactly what's going on. You don't know, you don't know when something's gonna fail. You know. <laughs> like you, you, you got to keep the jaw moving because all of a sudden, like it locks yeah, up on you. Yeah. Like, well, today's the day that the jaw went. Today's the day. Like today's uh, the day. You'll see him stop and pause, and it's like, oh, it's a recharge right there. That's what motherfucker be asking like, nigga, what happened? Son, did you reboot? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got one of the young heads out there. He like, he always be like, hey man, stay hard. He's like, ah. Yeah, hey, I'm just trying to find myself. He's <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, he don't know nothing about David Goggins, man. You can't just tell this man stay hard seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a funny thing, dude. Like, it's like uh, I watched my grandpa, because uh, my grandpa was born in 38. Ooh. And uh, I watched him, of, like, I, I was able to see the evolution of his thinking. Because my grandpa was like a union man for his entire life. Oh, that's a different way of life, right? Union there. pipe bender. Oh. Like worked hard. Oh. Worked hard. Had a hard handshake. And uh man, like the in the years following like when he retired, mm -hmm. uh, the lessons because my grandpa would only tell you something once. That's it. It was like a passive yeah, lesson. Mm -hmm. Like he just say it once. He just say like it'd be like little lessons, like it didn't make sense at the time when I was like nineteen. It'd just be yeah. like, you know, always know your worth. 
Like always, like always, make Ooh. sure you get what you're worth. Like all, all these I, things. I, 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 I'm and I remember, all them. I remember when he got his like his 50th anniversary of being in the union, and they had like a whole ceremony and everything else. Because uh, this was like 20 years after he retired, uh, they invited him back because you know you still pay your union yeah, dues, you, you still, still get your pay, pension. Yeah, like it's a, uh-huh, it's a whole thing. That pension is. Woo. And so if they had a whole that, ceremony ooh, for everyone is, that reached like 50 years nice in the union. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, he went to go to that thing, and he just kind of saw everyone that he used to work with and, you know, how everybody's all broken down and everything. And, like, they, they gave their bodies and everything else for this job. Everything. And they got, like, the cheapest Walmart watch. Like, the cheapest Walmart, like, gold. It's like, where our money went. Shitty watch. And, like, yeah, like, he was proud of, like, you know, the fact that he made it. But at yeah. the same time, like, he, like... No one else knows this, man. No one else knows this. But, like, we had, like, a moment where he was, like, talking to me. Like, I, I stopped by one day. And he was like, he was wearing his watch. And he was like, you see this? He's like, when you don't demand to get what you're worth, Ooh. this is what they give you in Ooh. return. And he just Ooh. like, he looked at me cold. And he was like, hurt me. Yeah. Oh. He just looked at me cold. And he was like, you'll never get anywhere working for somebody else. <sighs> Fuck. And I, I was like, he was gonna shit. Come on here and say some shit, Chad. God damn it. I was like, shit. Because, like, I, you know, like my entire, like my first 20 years of being a career man, yeah, you know, I had this ideal that if you work hard and, uh, and, and, and you like dedicate yourself to like the, the mission or whatever, whatever the hell the mission is, yeah, if you dedicate yourself to this mission, you dedicate yourself to like a, uh, of skill or something like that, like you'll get somewhere. No, you won't. No. Like the lesson I learned is that if you're good at what you're doing, if you're like one of the best at what you're doing, they keep you They'll there. They just keep you around. Yeah. They keep you in that spot. Boom. They don't let you go anywhere. You do else. good at this shit that I can't do, but I need it done. Yeah. So here, boom, you're gonna be my guy. It's like I work I work for you now. Like I can't I gotta get up at six. Yeah. Ah. But yeah, my grandpa, like coming up, like both my grandparents, they came up and like, you know, they they get laid off. My grandpa get laid off from jobs and you know, he was union, so that's you may That's be laid off for like three months, six months. Oh, but still got to pay them dues. When I was a kid, like, damn, like, man, we're flashing back. I was probably like six. I remember him saying this clearly. He was like, always keep putting tools in your toolbox. Because, like, he get laid off from a job and have like three months to, like, find something else. But he always had a garden uh, going. Uh-huh. Always had chickens. Yeah. Like, he'd sell eggs door to door. Yeah. Like walk he'd walk like ten blocks, twelve blocks all around our neighborhood selling yeah. eggs, selling cucumbers, selling tomatoes, that selling makes everything. Feel a little bit better now. <laughs> yeah. Like he uh he learned how to work on air conditioners. Like he'd be yeah. like a he was a handyman. Independent yeah, like he'd help you build a house, like whatever yeah. it was. And so it was like I watched him and like I, I came up with that same kind of mentality of like just keep putting tools in your toolbox. Keep putting tools yeah. in your toolbox. Like when COVID hit I was like putting like little feelers out there, going like, "Shit, if you need your brakes done, come to my house. Come on, like if you need this done, come to my house. Yeah. If you need like you want to build a place set for your kid, like I'll bring saws, like I'll build that shit. Yeah. So I was like, I, I was always putting I'll tools. Break your fire stick. A yeah. lot of people don't like to do that at all. That and so did. like being a, being someone that loves film and loves comedy and everything else, like I I I watched a lot of Robert Robert Rodriguez uh, movies yeah. coming up, and like at the if you watched like if you let this is VHS shit, this is old people shit. Come on, if you let the VHS roll all the way, all the way to the end, he would have like a little after credits thing that was like oh. Robert Rodriguez's ten minute film school. Oh, nice! That's and it dope. would be like 
you know how to how to film this or how to get this angle or like how to like bamboozle people into giving you like yeah. you know a camera or something like that or like how to film as a gorilla like gorilla film it's fair like warfare film yeah. and he wrote there's a book about it it's uh, called oh, Rebel Rebel Without dope. a Crew about how he made um uh what was that first movie uh El Mariachi like how he how he made that and it was like they went to Mexico didn't have no permits. Like wow. he checked out cameras from his school and just yeah. went to Mexico, made a movie, made that shit Come happen. On. Yeah, and so That's like dope. every lesson along the way, every movie he's made, he's like, like I think it was on the faculty he asked this, he asked the uh, the the studio or whatever like it was. It was like mm-hmm. they gave him budget to make the faculty, and he was like, hey, if I don't spend it, do I get to keep it? And he was like, mm. they were like, yeah, like, like, it's your budget. Go make a movie. Oh, I got and it. So he learned got how to it. do everything. Yeah, he, he learned how to he learned how to write music, learn how to score, Ooh. learn how to do foley. He said, jack his, of all trades. Yeah, he set up a foley studio in his dining room where they like record sounds of people's yeah. like feet moving and Come everything on. else. That's like, what that's called. Yeah. He did all of it himself. Oh, did all of himself. Add tools to the toolbox. Come add on, tools to the toolbox. And I think Come he pocketed. I think he walked away with like four million <laughs> on top <laughs> for making that movie, and then oh, rolled it shit. in to building a studio and sold Spy Kids. And then they he, he made. I love Spy Kids. He he did everything in house for Spy Kids. Everything like he got like a like set up a green screen in his garage. Was doing special effects yeah. and everything else. And that's a big that's a big budget movie. Fuck yeah. He did all that oh, shit. He did that by himself. Yeah. Spy Kids. Spy Kids. Man. Spy Kids was my shit. Spy Kids. I uh, really enjoyed that movie. So he directed From Dust Till Dawn. <gasps> oh. He formed a band called Shingon. That's the band that's playing in the bar in From Dust Till Dawn. He's the guitar player in Shingon. Oh, come on. And so they used his band to score the entire movie. Oh, get the fuck All the music here, in the movie son. is made by Shingon, dude. That's dope. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like that. Like, Quentin Tarantino, that shit. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Just rebel without a crew. Like, it, it, man, like, if you can find an angle to it, like, do it your damn self. I, so, today for the special, like, I'm shopping around trying to find uh, uh, Pipe and Drape Rentals. Like, okay. Because uh, so we're doing it at Secret Group in the box, right? Right. So, the box. Good has, spot to do it. It's a great room. Great mm-hmm. room. But, you know, I, I want to dress it up a little. I got a visual that I want to hit. So that like that black brick wall yeah. in the back, uh, for one, for acoustics, you get a lot yeah, of bounce yeah, and sounds bounce. and everything. So you know Definitely. I'm a tech nerd with acoustics yep. and everything else. So I was like, okay, we got to get a handle on the audio. Yeah. We got to get a handle on some visuals and everything else. So I'm going to rent pipe and drape and we're going to like curtain off the entire thing. Perfect. And yeah. so, you know, dress it up, make it look cool on camera, everything else, but also control the sound and everything else. Uh, I got Bob Lane. An amazing guy that does AV. Uh, he's the guy that runs karaoke at the Secret Group. If you've seen him, if you if you've seen him oh, up okay. there, uh, but man, like he he does audio video. I've worked with him on a, a lot of shows that uh, I co-produced and hosted and everything else. Yeah, and like man, he'll he'll come out and deploy the rig, man, a full blown light rig. You got what? like a truss and everything else. So we're gonna like <laughs> he's gonna hang lights and light the entire thing for the yeah. box. Like it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Oh hell yeah. Um but just the task of I made four phone calls today. I got four quotes and immediately I'm looking on Amazon for how much I can buy drapes for. Yeah. Cause that dude, like the money that they are charging to rent curtains. I heard Christopher Titus to rent curtains. Whoa. It is money, dude. It is money. So now it makes a lot of sense because I heard Christopher Titus say on a podcast 
um, when he goes and books theaters. Yeah. That, like, when you go and book a theater, nothing happens in a theater. Like, it's not like the house is already set up. Yeah. A theater is just a building. Now, when it comes to everything else, lights, sound, the right. speakers that they hang, uh, uh, the the curtains, the backdrops, the lo- all that, all that is union. All that is union. I know a lot of guys that work union, yeah, like because like I know I know some people that do that. So yeah, you know some union guys. I know some of the guys that do like uh, union lighting, uh, union mm-hmm. stage grips, all those guys. But nothing happens in one of those venues without the union being involved. And when you book a theater, there ain't shit in that theater. No, nope. you got to bring all the stuff to the theater. Yeah. So you got to find guys to do lights, sound, like curtains. You got to get all that shit. Uh. So I remember Christopher Titus saying on a podcast uh, where he was he was talking about the budgets of booking a tour and the idea that you're going to sell out a theater, you're going to make a bunch of money. You're not because they're all of those things are costs that go yeah, into right. selling a theater. So if you can't get people to show up, to show up for more than thirty five bucks a ticket, like forty two dollars after fees and everything else, and it's a twelve hundred seat theater, you still got to pay for all the overhead for union stagehands, grips, curtain rental, lights, sound, all that shit. And by the time you get out of there, you may only make like you may just break even on the cost to get you into the theater to begin with. Right. So he was like, he was just like, buy your own curtains. Buy these like, they're big as shit, but you can ship them before you get there. Oh, I and so curtains. it was something like, he's got like, but I'm talking like for theaters. Oh yeah, so that's true. <laughs> they're like 40 feet. Yeah, you know, you're right. You gotta, you gotta, like, I don't know where you find that much velvet, but yeah. it's like, it's a shit ton of velvet, dude. <laughs> I just, I just thought about that. I was like, when you think about the, the box, the club, well, I can, I can, I can make a curtain. The box is easy. Yeah, I'm a nerd, <laughs> yeah. dude. I went and took measurements of the entire room. I put that shit in AutoCAD, dude. Like, I get, <laughs> so I have a blueprint of the box. I got a blueprint yeah. of the box, dude. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> so I know oh, that blueprints are good to look at. I've been man. saying this all day. I've been saying this all day. The stage dimensions of the box is ten foot one inch, ten feet one inch deep, sixteen feet nine inches across. Huh. From deck to the ironwork, it's ten feet, <laughs> or no, it, it's it, it's nine feet six inches. Huh. So I I've been rattling that off all day, so it's ingrained in my memory now. The dimensions of that damn stage, man. Just to make sure you'll get this. Make sure. Just to make sure I get it covered. Just to make sure I get it covered, man. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So he was talking about like you know he owns like I think like three sets of of drapes for. For theaters, he owns three sets because they get to a venue, they collect, or as they go to like the next venue, they are from wherever they were the night before. They got to go on the way out of town. They got to go stop at like UPS or FedEx and get that crate of their their drapes shipped to the next to the venue they're going to be in like four nights. Yeah, so they got a next stop that night to do a show. That's like set one. It's almost like a touring band. So, uh, so, a, a so band, they go beforehand. Yeah, a yeah. band as big as Aerosmith, they got three or four whole sets of their gear in transit at all times. Whoa! Because they got to load in for like the wherever they're pl- so like tonight they'll be in Houston at like Toyota Center. Tomorrow yeah. they're in they're in uh, they're in Dallas. The next night they're in Oklahoma or some shit. So. It takes like two days to set up their stage. So 
Yo. When you're hitting shows back to back to back to back. You need more than one stage. Yeah, yeah. So you buy a double and triple the shit. Yeah. The same shit. Yeah. <sighs> like Metallica, like Kurt Hammett's like his uh his uh, uh whatever that guitar is that's got like uh the Ouija board on or whatever like the that. Wawa? Oh the uh he got the four copies he got four copies of that <laughs> shit. He got four <laughs> copies of Oh like that's the original Ouija. No, he got four of those. <laughs> he got four of those. They're they are they are at the next venue, dude. <laughs> Oh wow, that's a lot of money you got to spend. It's on it. so much money. It's so much I money. I never know. I I never thought about the the severity of what has to go into actually making a tour or yeah. anything like that. Like I'm I'm just trying to get into the point to where it's like I keep getting booked in clubs to where I get paid substantial. Yeah. That's, so right now, that's what like, I look for. If we are lucky enough to get to the point where we are able to do this at that level of like booking theaters or booking club, like clubs are like right now the clubs are because clubs got everything you need. Yeah. Clubs already has right. has audio and already has like the all this stuff. They've already got it set up. That that's the club. It's there all the time. So right now, like we are in the luxury spot. Where we're like, oh, we got to dream about doing theaters, and that's the goal, and like doing yeah. arenas and everything else. But the logistics when you get to that level is insane, especially if you're booking yourself and it's not through like a promotion uh. company. Because like Titus books all of his own stuff, so it is his own budget, his own money, his own production company books his stuff. Uh. So he runs all of it himself. It's not like he has a management company that's handling all this for him. Like other comedians, they're under management. Management calls and makes all the logistical arrangements and all, and yeah. deals with the budgeting and everything else. So right now, it's like I'm I'm putting tools in the toolbox. What do I got to do? What do I have to know at this level? Right. If I am lucky enough, because like it's it's luck. You know, you can work as hard as you want to. That's but everybody been saying to be an entertainer, it's a lot of luck. And so yeah. if we are lucky, if I am blessed enough to get to that level, then I'm already trying to think ahead about what, what do, do I next. need yeah. and what's the logistics of doing this. Right. You know, I don't know. So, yeah, like coming up like the last I've been doing this for like eight years now. Yeah. So when you would see you get defeated easy, you get yeah. defeated easy. Yeah. So I was like, Shit. OK, cool. Like the move. <laughs> if you defeated can't, moments on here. <laughs> yeah. If you can't get booked in a club. Go make your own room. What do you need to go make your own room? Well, you need a PA system. You need yeah. mics. You need a mic stand. You need like a way to book. So you got to own like you got to own ways to like advertise. You got to find a way to promote everything else. So I bought like I bought a PA system. I bought like I got I still got all that shit. And then I ran a few shows and I was like, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it fucking does. It sucks, dude. It sucks. Because you it's start not. trying to like tell you start you start trying to like tell venues and you try to operate like a professional. And it's like, hey, so. Uh, when can I load in? When can I do this? Because I, I I used to be in bands, so you try to like negotiate with venues, and it's like, mm. okay, we need to load in at this time. It takes this long to set up. It takes this long to rearrange the room. If you got to move tables and move chairs yeah. and everything else, because like yeah, like you get to the you get to the venue, you get to the spot. Sometimes like chairs are still stacked on tables, and the room's a wreck. And you got they had a quinceanera the last night <laughs> that went that shit popped off, and like yeah. the room's all like like just destroyed. You got to go clean. You got to Sometimes you gotta get a mop and clean up your own room and, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, before I even get to the point of me telling jokes, I've already been there for three hours, cleaning and rearranging yep. and setting things up. And if you want it to look good, set up lights, 
maybe you got a backdrop like you know because like some, some rooms setup. Well, yeah. some rooms I bought a backdrop and like hung up you know I worked with uh, I did a burlesque show uh, for uh, about a year um, that I that I hosted so like yeah. thankfully I just pretty much had to show up and show just up, do comedy get on the mic yeah uh-huh. but you want to help out so like we're in the room like the show is at like 10 I'm in there in the room with all of the girls that are on the show and uh, and Bob also did the lights and sounds for those shows too yeah. we're in there as early as like one or two o'clock right setting the stage getting the backdrop set up setting up lights setting up speakers rearranging chairs doing all this work and so by the time the show comes around like I'm Dude, I'm tired. Definitely don't feel like I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. We had like sometimes you got to get there early to set, turn the air conditioner on. They ain't gonna turn yeah, the air conditioner on at for all. you. It's warm as a motherfucker. Yeah. Why you setting up? We did shows in July. <laughs> it's 106 outside. Guess what temperature is in the room? 106. Yeah. And so you just in there sweating, losing 12 pounds of water weight, trying to set up curtains, going like, I don't even want to do this shit anymore. <laughs> shit. Back at home, back in New Orleans, we had a. Uh, well, speaking of, like, uh, by the time this comes out, we'd already had a spontaneous show happen. But I'm going back home next week, and, uh, and uh, basically, we used to have a show. We used to run; it ran for like at least five years, something yeah. like that. Uh, every Tuesday, spontaneous show mm-hmm. uh, with a, with a, it's a crew of us, young funny, and like we're going. I'm gonna be going back home to do that, but just just like having to deal with everything because not all venues are the same yeah not all venues are all inside not all venues had a capacity for everybody to be inside our venue was outside next to a train track like yeah right next to a train track <laughs> like if you, so many fence, train track <laughs> if you hop the fence that train track right there yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> so like, we've done this fucking show here for so long so and so many people try to put on shows at this place and it and it it wouldn't work but for some reason we were good enough to where it popped off for a long time yeah. and, it, and it went on for so long that the train conductor knew on Tuesdays bitch you better not honk that horn when you come past <laughs> they understood they understood because we would yell they can't hear us but they would yeah. just see a whole bunch of people like, yeah, 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 you know as they pass by and it's like motherfucker not on a Tuesday man you better shut that <laughs> shit up it's already bad that we gotta have a train time because of you fucking coming through now we yeah. don't you know we gotta fucking stall for time Time and shit, but oh man, putting things together—you you never know, you know. Like the, the elements you got to deal with, mosquito season. Yeah, you know, well, our shit was outside, so it's like, damn. All right, but still getting people that are to come as well. You still got to give a good enough product for people to want to be like, oh, I'll go to that again, even though, yeah. despite the conditions, you know, it's like ah, ah, and I don't, I don't want to have to keep thinking about that weekly. You yeah. know, that's. <laughs> That's, that was always a headache. And now that I'm out here, which I know uh, that is not something that I'm about to jump into at all. Like starting a, a room or anything like that, shit is way too far. Also, there's no there's no central hub to where people just, like in all this motherfucker just walk to, to, to yeah. certain places. Out here, there ain't no just walking to certain places. Not and, at all. And there ain't, there ain't no free parking everywhere. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. ah, so... It'll, it'll be difficult if people ain't strategically coming to where you're at. Yeah. So it's you know like ah, so eh. if you listen to this like we we like a lot of us understand a lot of us understand uh the uh, you know there's there's shows that happen when when it's a free show and a tip jar goes around like trust me we we understand yeah we understand that you spent like round like if you coming from a long way like anytime that I go downtown to perform. 
almost everything I do as a comic is at a loss. Almost, every, almost exclusively at a loss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started I started calculating and keeping track of this shit this year, <laughs> and I just got hear, depressed. Because it sounds so sad. Because I, I, I just got I'm depressed. Glad I I've avoided that because I know it's going to hit me like that. Yeah. I know it is. Yeah. Uh, like I did I did the calculations. So I live where I live. Like we're both Northside kids. Yeah. Uh, I got to commit to driving when I go to Secret Group. Hence that word, commit, goddammit. When I got to commit, that's a 37-mile one-way drive. <laughs> One way. So calculating oh, gas, shit. calculating time, calculating parking when I get down there. Calculating traffic. Everything that I do downtown is at a loss. Everything. Uh, oh. Everything. Uh. So trust me, like I, I know when you when y'all come to the club and y'all see this, like when you see like oh the what's the what's the door price ten dollars? Well, that's just absurd. Under like we are, no one's doing comedy at this yeah. scale <laughs> with any kind of glitz and glamour. Like we're making money, man. Right, we're sorry we're we gotta charge money. you this much, but please, can you please? Yeah. I mean, you won't see it, right? You won't see it. you came. Every this way. show is PBS Pledge Week. We are just like, hey, if you've enjoyed comedy, this is put on by because of viewers like you. Okay. Exactly. Like, <laughs> every show should every show should stop dead ass in the middle <laughs> and, and just have a fifteen minute advertisement. Show the rainbow real quick and have somebody yeah. special come on the front of screen. Oh, hey. It's like, you want to see the good Bob Ross episodes? Like you take. Get on the phone. Give that dude your credit card number. Okay. <laughs> subscribe, goddammit. Yeah, subscribe. Subscribe. Because <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like the, the payouts for some of these shows and hey, that that's all levels of entertainment. That's all levels of, because like I know people that are like in bands and like my cousin, he was in a band, he like they toured. They toured. And they sold shit tons of merch. Ton like T shirts. Like they were like uh uh one of uh, like my cousin's uh, girlfriend, um basically they had to run his house like the headquarters for all their merch because every stop on that tour they took like they toured for like eight weeks every stop on that tour they sold out of everything sold out of everything so she would have to she was like just like shipping the curtains they had to know post offices every step along the way because you can ship something to a post office and have and have them hold it for you for a few days so they were like she was boxing up like reloads of merch every single day and shipping it out to like the next stops, so they oh. had boxes waiting for them for like the next That's seven a nights. System right there, can't do that by yourself. It's a whole system. It's a whole system. Yeah. So they would like swing by the post office, still driving, still, like get in the car, start driving two in the morning, pull yeah. up in 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 the post office along the way, get the box of their merch, still have to drive four hours wherever the next show is, Ugh. find a hotel, a motel, something to like crash for six hours, and then unload, set up all their gear, play a show, sell merch, get in the van. It's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. That so exhausting. <laughs> they oh. made no money. Oh, They made no money selling out of all of their merch every night. Oh, what? You know, to, between gas, ho- like lodging, oh, you know, yeah. all of the like, you know, things that broke along the way, flat tires, you know, everything, everything. They left like a box. They left a box of merch on the uh, tow hitch one night because they were exhausted. So they, they left a box of merch on the tow hitch and pulled off one night and just oh. dr- they were like, well, someone got freaking you know 60 free t-shirts for the band somewhere in alabama you know 
but the, the logistics, man. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I don't mean to like wear anybody's nah, ears out I love preaching. It, son. When you get into the weeds of something that you're really passionate about, that's why this tell me a joke. The guy lying and chasing the dream because yeah. we all out here dream chasing. Oh, yeah. That's why I don't say anything. I just let it go where it goes because some somebody that's as passionate about what I love and it, just as you, like, it's just gonna come out natural and just like n- you don't think about where you're gonna have to go when you want to do something, especially when you first started. It's like, yeah. oh, this is exciting. It's fun. Yeah. And then when you're like, all right, I want to make this career, you start thinking about the logistics of it all. And it's like, yeah, wait, hold on. All right. This is, I, it's still fun, right? <laughs> it's still fun. Dude. So I saw is a breakdown, it? like talking about like the Writers Guild strike right now. Uh, I saw a breakdown of what it means to like sell an option on a script and like, okay, cool. So you sold an option on a script. But you're locked into, like, development hell for that thing for, like, three years. Uh, so your option payout would be, like, $40,000. Like, oh, cool, I sold, I sold a script for $40,000. But if you want all of it, if you want all the $40,000, yeah. you got to chase the option all the way down. So the script comes in or the, the script sells to somebody, whatever, whatever it is, right? So now the studio is like, okay, now write a breakdown. Okay, the breakdown comes back to you with notes. And now you got to write another breakdown. So you send that back. Uh, and then, okay, cool. Like your breakdown made them park it at like a subsidiary because it's like, okay, we don't want to put it on one of the big three or one of our yeah. big three properties. Let's move you over to the independent side of things. Yeah. Independent side got notes. So they send your breakdown back. They got notes on your breakdown. They want you to rewrite that breakdown. But now they want you to write a breakdown of the breakdown. <sighs> Because this studio doesn't want to read the whole breakdown. They can't afford to read four pages, so they need you to cut that down to one. Oh, wow. So it can pass whoever is at the line to pass that up to the next person that reads the four-page breakdown. So that comes back to you now. Okay, cool. Your breakdown's cool. Okay, now write us a treatment. A tre- what's a treatment? A treatment's like a 20-page a twenty-page version of that like 90-page script. Yeah. So you got to write it. They got to write a treatment. Well, treatment comes back with notes. So you got to rewrite the damn treatment now. And like by the time that by the time everything breaks down, you've been in this cycle for three years. You've done written fifty drafts of this thing. Uh, so your breakdown per year is like thirteen thousand a year. So you're now below like minimum wage, chasing what like oh well, do, do you making money, dude? You writing scripts for movies? You making money, man? You making money? Thirteen thousand a year for that effort. And the hours, the hours, man. Because I've written screenplays. It's hours, man. It's hours, dude. I can't even think about just sitting down writing something for somebody else. Like, and then like it not going anywhere. I I I I hate reading. I if and if it ain't read to me, I can't. I don't. uh, It's just. I'm not a person that can sit down and read some shit. Like yeah. it was never my thing. So to write it? some shit that's that's long. Yeah. Well, I think Whitney Cummings said on a podcast that she sold like 40 TV pilots. Whoa! Like she sold 40 TV pilots, and she was like, "You know how many you've seen? Two. Ah, uh, that's it. But like you sell it, and this thing that you worked on for years, polishing, taking notes. You got to deal with this producer's." vision on the shit uh, you know it's mine though he send you he's he, you know he sent it back to you with all these notes and everything else and you got to rewrite it and you got to change everything because he's got an idea you know you got to you yeah. got to entertain this dummy for for what you sold and everything else and like this this passion this work and everything else three years of your life got sold 
and they don't have to make it. They bought it. They own it. So it's oh. like you did the work, you did the labor, and that shit is theirs now. That's just on the shelf. Hey, you got yeah. your money though, right? You got your money. Hey, yeah. we paid you. You, got, right. you. you got you got your you got your money for it, and that's it. You got to move along. You got to move on. You well, know, maybe, make maybe, the next can thing. I get it back? Can I? Can no. I get it back? I'm not, I'm not, no. I mean, you're not gonna do nothing with it. Anything? It's just yours now. So people that have been in the industry for a long time, for a long, long time, because I, oddly enough, I I worked with a guy back in like 2001 that was in the Actors Guild. Like mm. he was he was an extra on Star Trek for years. Like he played he played Romulans, played Klingons, played everybody. He was <laughs> he was on he was on like six seasons of the Next Generation. Um, but like hearing how they broke down, like how the system works and how studios work and how all the writing and everything else works like the writers guild strike a lot of like people that are in the know are already kind of preaching this sort of cautionary tale mm. like if you kind of if you're stuck in the middle you're not a beginner but you're you're not jason sudeikis you know yeah. you're, you're not one of the big bigs like he he's he's in the guild he's a writer right uh you know ted lasso that guy uh so the breakdown now becomes the reality of the studios so the writers are striking like other guilds are going to strike in solidarity. I actually, I think the I think the directors guild, their some of their contracts are coming up. So the directors guild is about to go on strike. I think. So all these guilds and everything, what they're fighting for is the reality of the studios have stocked. Like you talk about preppers, like you talk about talk about dudes in camo stocking up beans in their basement and shit like that. Like these studios are preppers. Are preppers, but that's why Hollywood guilds, Hollywood uh, unions, yeah. are so tight together, yeah, uh, in solidarity together, because all these studios have banks, banks of unproduced work, unproduced work. Just, there are armies of people employed by the studios that their only jobs are to go through the archives. The archives are these warehouses that are full of cardboard boxes full of printed scripts because they predate the internet. Whoa. They predate digital. So they have hard copies of things that were written in like the 60s, the 70s, things that they own that have never been produced, never been looked at. So now they got it, and it's seasonal. So they have a team of people go like just pick, they, Go grab your box. Okay, you got you got forty properties that are due by the end yeah. of the week. Forty properties that you have to review, make notes, send it oh, forward. Fuck. Like pick what do you think may have a chance this year. It's like reading forty books by the end of the week. Yeah, I got, can't do it. <laughs> not only not only do you got to read forty scripts. Oh no, you got to write a spec. Sometimes a spec treatment or yeah. a spec breakdown on that script. So that's already like four to 20 pages of work depending on what they want from you a week oh i don't that uh. and then you got a quota so your quota may be you got a green light 10 scripts this week wow. you got you got a green light 10 properties the studio already owns yeah that gets passed up to the next person that reads your breakdown and decides if you did a good enough job picking what may work or not and they got armies of people doing this dude Armies. Is this what Miss Pat went through to get on Miss Pat show? I don't know, man. I don't know. But I mean, also, you get like the, the side, there's another side of that where like you got a hot property. You you got someone oh. like you got someone like uh, Taylor Tomlinson or like oh. Eliza Schlesinger or someone like somebody that's hot. You got like, yeah, yeah, somebody that's hot. Let's get so, it out now. Yeah, right. Oh. Like strike while the iron's hot. So if you yeah. got something waiting, 
Like, I think Whitney Cummings has always had something in her pocket. She's always had something to, yeah. to show. Because, like, you get when you're hot, you get produced and you, or you get approached and say, like, yeah. hey, do you got anything going like on? Like Danny McBride. Yeah. It seems like he always got something ready. Yeah. Like, you got something, uh. you got anything going on? You got, like, you got a story, you got something else. And so it's like, you know, do you, like, as a comedian, do you have a writer's submission packet ready to give? Ooh. Because someone, someone may see you on a stage one night and be like, hey, I'm a talent scout for The Tonight Show. Like, do you, have, do you have a writing packet? Like, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have representation? Do you have this? God. And so if you can slide them a writing packet when they ask and when you, when you have eyes on you that are interested, then you're ahead of the curve. You're already presenting yourself as like, I'm professional. I understand the game. I understand the business. I am ready. Here's my writing submission packet. And three days later, you might be in the writing room for The Tonight Show. It can happen that oh. fast. It can happen that fast. This is like Sheldon Cooper uh, from... Uh, Always be putting tools in your toolbox, man. Yeah, definitely. Like, th- this is a... Man, because I was watching... Um, but also... Also, I'm only eight years into this. I'm only saying what I've heard. I don't know shit. <laughs> I subscribe to the Ralphie May School of... Hey, hey, that's a good... That's a deep eight years, though, right yeah. there. I, I subscribe to the Ralphie May School of nobody knows shit until they've been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> so I got two years to, to be verified if I know shit, some shit. I don't know that. And I've been at this for 11. Man. Yeah. So, but this... I, we, didn't, we don't get none of this down in New Orleans. All this is like comedy, comedy, comedy. Boom. Yeah. Get on stage. That's why... Like the 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 talent is there, but what to do with it and how to go about it? You can take the master P route, but you see the quality of that shit. Yeah. So it's just like, nah. I, I want I want Daniel Tosh status. I want I want to get there. You can't get that being there. Like yeah. I realize that it's yeah. only gonna be so much. It's only gonna go so high, and it's gonna take a very 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 long time. And it's like that. But you got comics here that. Um you got comics here that are a product mm. and uh there's a lot of comics that i look at going like damn i hope you got a writing packet i hope you got a script of your life just I like hope you got yeah, something ready something. to slip because they're characters they're characters and me being a movie nerd like i look at people like will loden or mc yes. lotto oh my god or uh uh um uh, god there's so many of them i look at somebody like chorus the and, yeah. and Kinjamin and like I, I look at these comics and go you are a product that if I were in control of something I'm wanting to put you in something yeah like the, I, I see character possibilities and I see ways to fit them into stories yeah and just go like it's it, it, if somebody is smart they're going to approach someone like Lotto and ask do you have you, you got something you got a pilot you got something because like we're ready to work with you mm. like we see you you are something that we can put in front of the masses and we can package you but do you have a story ready to sell oh. and you like you that people like I don't know I, I keep I always try to think ahead I always try yeah. to think ahead and my my sort of like career planning like cause I'm an IT nerd like I came up in there so like i my job as like IT director was always I got to think about where the company's going to be 10 years from now mm. and I got to be I got to plot things now that are going to set us solid for 5, 7, 10 so 5 years 7 years 10 years and so I think about that now when I look at comics like 
what what are the things that you're doing now? What are the foundations you're putting in place to be ready for year 10, to be ready for year 15, yeah, to be ready for year resume. 20? Yeah. Like if you've got, if you've, if you've been sitting in your room and you've been dealing with, I got to go out and do this set so I can make $10 tonight. That's the reality of it. But what are you doing in your downtime? Are you like in the notebook? Are you writing down yeah. stories? Are you in final draft writing scripts? Are yeah. you putting shit together? Because those are the things that make a career. Right. Because like if you, we all uh, know, we all know comics that are in their 60s that are still, you know, yeah. slugging it out. You hate to see those people when they come to the construction field. And it's like, yeah. damn, you're in your 70s. Yeah. Like, why are you still out here? But even in stand up, like, but I don't think that. But it's it's different in stand up, just because like that's a that's a passion that I don't think will end at any age you are. That's just something that you don't want to continue to do. There's comics in Tennessee and Kansas and shit, like guys that are the best. They're the best of the best at what they do. They are some of the best stand up comics on the planet. You've never heard their names. They've mm. never recorded an album. They've never done a special. But they've been doing it. They've been doing an hour to ninety minutes every single night for 40 years Mm. and it's that that appalachian trail dinner theater kind of stuff the family the clean the tourist stops and everything else and they just been working that same loop making a living seasonal seasonal cruise ship comics seasonal go out go out you know book six cruises and you know make make what you got to make for the year you know that's right but the hours that you have to have when you're that kind of a comic yeah like you gotta i, I think the thing for cruise ships was like you gotta have like two and a half hours three hours of material and i looked at the shit that they needed and i was like oh you have to have you have to have a a, a, a clean set you have to have a video a good quality video of a clean set then you also have to have a your adult set yeah and then there was some other shit that they asked for they needed this and then they needed that and i'm like I, it's like little attributes that you got to pick up along your way, like in a Zelda quest or some shit. It's <laughs> yeah. like motherfucker, I gotta go back to get that. Yeah. I already came through the enchanted forest. Now I gotta go back to the motherfucking forest just to go get this shit because I didn't make the left because yeah. I couldn't get through that door. Ah. But comics on tour like Taylor Tomlinson and Titus, like they got their hour to ninety minute set and they tour that for the entire year, sometimes three years. But they got they got that hour that works for two years. They're out on the road doing that mm. thing for two years. If you're like a cruise ship comic, you're doing five shows. You're doing three, two and a half to three hours of comedy a night, and you can't yeah. repeat a joke. What the shit? Yeah. <laughs> these are the titans, man. Like these are the titans. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. That was what they was asking. It was like we need you to have like three different sets for the nights. Uh, clean, and then you know they have separate ones for dirty for for adults. And I was like, yeah, this is, I I I believe I can have it, but oh my god, that's a lot. That's yeah. it, I mean, it is a. I'm not complaining. You know, I could get I get in there. Shit, I'm one of those people that man, you give me opportunity, bitch, I'll make it work. Yeah, yeah I'll I, make work. All I, hear, just, I, I, I just want it. I just want that opportunity. <laughs> Whenever I think about it, all I hear is uh, Dawson's Creek from Varsity Blues. <laughs> when he was like, when he was like, when he said, "Play the next twenty minutes for the rest of your life." That's bullshit. Play the next twenty minutes for the next twenty minutes and be God. Too good. Oh, that's a good. I like it. I like that. 
Oh yeah, I, I Let's my, like gods. My my, I was trying to go to a young Sheldon uh, analogy earlier with the uh, you need to have you need to make sure you build your better. Basically, young Sheldon was trying to go to Ivy League school, but they was like, man, you got you got any credentials? You you got you you, you put down any, any essays? Did you do this? Did you do any community service? Yeah. Do you have this? He was like. Nah, I just I just figured I'd be able to get in on my on my looks and my adorable. That's comedy. That's comedy. I'm like, yo, <laughs> yo, he's talking to me right now. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, and so this is me. I'm like, every time I, I I talk on here, I'm like, this is me building a resume because I've had this for three years now. Yeah. So like, it is it, is building up, and it's like every time I listen to podcasts, I'm like, it feel like I know this motherfucker now because I've been hearing him for five yeah. years. I just been listening to him for five years. And now the more that people listen to me now, like I see it to build and, and people like, all right. They, so I feel as if people get to know me more, but then it's also building me because I wouldn't know any of this shit if you wouldn't have told me. Like, I wouldn't have, no. Yeah. I would, this is very informative as well. It's like, you see, you see me? I got a box. Look at me. Yeah. That's yeah, upgrading yeah. right there. That's an <laughs> upgrade. Kudos, shout outs to you. Chad Alexander, thank you, sir. God, wow, you mean, well, yeah. dude, thank you, man. I love talking <laughs> to you, man. This is a uh, this is a blast. Oh, this was good. Oh, do you want to you want to you want to play a game of choices again? Since we, we yeah, yeah yeah okay the Mogwai thing was so, <laughs> man. I live because I, I I edit the podcast yeah so uh, I li- I, I edited and uh, I I had to figure out where to cut it. So I went back and listened to <laughs> all of Will Loden doing oh, his break, that's and I'm, exactly sc- what I- I'm screaming, laughing. I'm <laughs> that screaming, was so- laughing. God, I, I have never had anybody take it to that extreme before. I'm like, wow, this is all. It was a whole new level, and I'm like, and it didn't is- stop at all, it at all. Stop. Oh my god, I was like, you, you are a fucking comedy genius right now. This is. He could have done. He could have done an hour yeah. on explaining. It, yes, his choice. He could have done an hour just on explaining his choice. So good. Oh, yeah. Oh, but now that I got you here, now yeah. that, this is basically like your. Uh, you were kind of like a ghost in the wind on the first one. There's so many of us on that uh, on our little swap cast. Uh, yeah. Which, which people will hear that they'll be like, "Oh, that was a good time. I did listen to that one." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but play a game of choices. You got uh, be one, raise one, sell one. In relation with the last one, and your options are mermaid, Maguire, Mexican, or manatee. Oh, we did, we did. It's, just, it's the same game, um, and I don't. Oh know. yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I, it it's always stays the same. Yeah, and I don't know if I want to change my choices. <laughs> so uh, I think my last one was. <laughs> you were a Maguire last time. I was a Maguire. And I think I was it. I got a date. I got a date one or like uh, it'd be a, a raise one, sell one, and then fuck one. And I think I think I chose to fuck uh, the Mexicans, like Latina woman. Yes, that's what it was. Like, that's what it was. That 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 all day. Yeah. That, that's my. That, and man. you said if that if you got wet that you would be able to multiply. You would purposely yeah, get exactly. Wet multiply. Exactly. Like if I got <laughs> wet, like- then I could just become like the Hulk gremlin. <laughs> So I could, I, so the, my my furry form is not gonna last. Like I'm gonna be green with That's, big ears and just re, and just yeah running amok, yeah. running amok. Like Gremlins Two, I'm taking over this movie theater. I'm taking over this movie theater. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> and when, when you went that route, I was like, oh, that is good. I didn't even think, but no one's ever thought about yeah, that. Yeah. Just, just think about think about how being a mogwai, think about how being a male mogwai defeats the patriarchy. I get splashed, <laughs> I get splashed in the back and I launch offspring out of my back. Are you kidding me, dude? Are you kidding me? Like, if I become a gremlin, equality across the board, equality across the board. Like, I can, I can date, I can date this fine Latina woman. I don't even, she don't even have to carry a child. Yeah. I'm just popping them out of my back. That's true. Like, I can launch them at enemies. Okay, like this. <laughs> uh, and was it the other? It's a manatee and yeah, a, a mermaid and manatee in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, and a mermaid right. and manatee. And so, was what do I have left? I got to sell one. I got to kill one. Uh, no, 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 nothing dies. You just be one, nothing raise dies. one, sell one, and fuck one. Okay, I got to raise yeah. one. Uh, so my options that are left, I got to raise one and I got to sell one. Yeah, I got to sell one, and I'm left with two aquatic creatures. <laughs> so- <laughs> So here's the thing, like, and no matter what I raise, no matter what I raise, the shit's in the water and I'm a mogwai. So, so immediately off the bat, for whatever that child is, I'm an absentee father. Because uh, they're in the water and they're in the water and things happen like a Marvel film whenever I get wet. So understand that I'm just going to throw bread at you from the shore, no matter what you are. And, uh, you know, good luck in college. But, you know, hey, you I, I don't exactly know how, like, say like, if I just ejected one out of my back and then you grew to be a manatee. I don't know. Like, be what you want to be. You grew to be a manatee. But now you're in the water and dad's on shore. So unless you want to see things pop off like endgame and if I jump in the water. And all of a sudden, I just I'm like, blah, 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 blah. like it's like you know, like pop secret, like just popcorn kids popping out my bag. It'll, it'll fill, fill up. Sure it'll fill up the water. It'll, yeah, it'll fill up. Oh, like, wow. like, like, listen, okay. Sea levels are already rising. <laughs> yeah, but if I fill the ocean with billions of Mogwai offspring, <laughs> born of the water, <laughs> born of the water, and now because like I, it, I jump in and be like, hey, like you know, whatever I'm, whatever it is, manatee, mermaid, don't matter what the kid is. But if I say like, if I got to jump in the water and be like, hey, do you wanna, you want some brothers and sisters? Like you want some siblings? So you're not alone. Okay, cannonball, bam, fifty off the bat, fifty off the bat. And not only that, but now. Like mogwai that, mogwai that are born in water, yeah. Like if we have like a hippie water birth, it's like the avatars in the water. Yeah, we yeah. Like hippie. We like man, this is like dude, this is like chicken and the egg kind of thing. Because <laughs> like came first? if a mogwai is born in the water, does the mogwai shit happen immediately? Where like because you can't get him wet, right? But if he's born in the water and he's immediately wet. Does he does it pop automatically does it turn on immediately? a gremlin, or or do like you got to wait until he hits? Pe- does he have a Does he have eighteen years of sea creature life? And he hits uh, like like a tadpole. Like tw- yeah, like tw- no, he got to like twelve years before he hits puberty. Right, and, then, and all of a sudden he's like, my hormones. And he's like, shit, water. Pop, 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 pop. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hormones. Oh man! So no matter what happens. No matter if I sell one or if I raise one, uh, I don't know. Like, okay, <laughs> I would raise the mermaid 
yeah. because Hollywood reboots every 20 to 30 years. So who better to cast in Little Mermaid than an actual mermaid? Actual mermaid. Okay. Come so that's on. my kid. I'm ready to be the father Boom. of a Hollywood child. We got you. She already, already underwater. We, yeah. can, we can take actual underwater film of her. Or unless budgets have increased to the point where we can't afford an orca and we got a free willy with a bu- we got a free willy with a manatee. <laughs> 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 we coming back with the dollar store. <laughs> We come back with the dollar store free willy. <laughs> all right, we couldn't get the orcas, but we could. Uh, hey, it's, it's look, not even the next best thing. Everybody saw Blackfish and remembers it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so we, now we got to put a manatee in the thing. <laughs> oh that, shit! Yeah, so so yeah, I, I, I got to raise the mermaid because then I can be a Hollywood child, and then the manatee. I gotta like what? What was, I gotta sell that one? Yeah, you sell I gotta, that. I gotta yeah, sell that one. Money regardless. Well, either way, like you know, I, I sell the mermaid. I make a movie deal. You know, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> either way, we win it. Either way, I win it. Either way, I got my, I got, I got my Latina uh, to 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 spend my life with. Yeah, and I am a Hulk gremlin. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Launching babies, defeating the patriarchy. Get together, defeating like the patriarchy. By, by birthing babies. That's what it is. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's what I thought about. <laughs> eye to eye. It's like, oh, shit. All right. All them All right, everybody. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, we'll where can, let them know where uh, they can find you at, man. man uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram, you know, occasionally. Uh... Uh, trying to post, you know, promotions for shows, but it's uh, at Third Coast Chad. Uh, if you like podcasts, because <laughs> uh, I don't even think I'm monetized anymore, but there's like a thousand hours of me talking huh. uh, on the Third Coast Nerds podcast, which I might revive after the special recording, might figure out something to do because podcasting is fun. I don't know. It is. But yeah, Third Coast Chad, and you can go to the link tree and find all the links to all the stuff that I've Hell done, yeah. past, present, maybe future. We'll see. That's what's up. Fuck yeah, yeah man. <laughs> this has been good, man. Well, this has been Tell Me a Joke, the guy out and chasing the dream. I'm your host of Maniacal Minutes. Said whole thing like a pimp named Slickback. And I didn't even say the whole thing just now. I forgot the Kyle <laughs> Smith part. Sometimes the real niggas fuck up. So, you know, it's all right. Keep dreaming, jokers. I always fuck that up, too. I think it's keep joking, dreamers. One of them. Either I way. <laughs> either way. Like, look, we are chasing dreams because we are recording this podcast uh, right. beside a highway. Oh, at a Wolfie's. We forgot to tell them we had Wolfie's. We, yeah. Where I used to do music bingo at. <laughs> and don't none of these motherfuckers remember me. I'm trying to get them, trying to make eye contacts. Like, I know people here, Chad. Ain't yeah. nobody looking at me like, I don't, I don't remember this motherfucker. Because they see you walk in, they go like, oh, he came back for a job. He came back for a job. Don't, don't look at him. <laughs> Don't tell him we got openings, because I like these tips. Don't tell him we got openings. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, everybody. God damn it, y'all. Have a good day.